magically appeared in the white pillow beneath Tanner's head and spread rapidly to the sheets. The killer unfolded an enormous nylon duffel bag from his pack and folded Tanner's long frame in the bedding so that he could roll it inside. Before zipping the bag, the killer took Tanner's laptop from his briefcase and tossed it in beside the body. With both hands, the dark figure dragged Tanner's lifeless form out through the sliding door and into the night. From the tone of the call, it sounded like a messy scene. Detective Bob Bollinger spun the wheel and turned his unmarked cruiser against the grain of the traffic. He shot up Guadalupe and into the old homes near the university. The University of Texas was as big a part of Austin as the state capital itself. So when a body turned up anywhere near the campus, all kinds of noses got out of joint. No one liked the idea of anyone dying young. There were already six squad cars and an unmarked at the scene, as well as an ambulance with its lights still flashing. The patrolmen were well into the process of sealing off the area. Bollinger didn't have to show his badge as he dipped under the yellow tape. They knew who he was. The crime lab techs arrived at the same time, jumping out of their van and invading the scene like paratroopers. They spilled around Bollinger and he let them. He was in no hurry to get inside. He wanted to take in the scene. The house was an old two-story, surrounded by towering oaks. The number of mailboxes told him the place had been split up into three apartments. A cracked driveway led to the detached garage in the back of the house. The girl's apartment was back there, on the ground floor. Bollinger met his best friend on the force, a detective named Farnhorst, on the back steps. He was the first suit on the scene, and his honey-colored skin had a green cast. I heard it's ugly, Bollinger said. Farnhorst looked down at his boss. Bollinger was only five feet six, dressed in his shabby gray blazer and mustard-stained shirt. Tears welled in the bigger man's eyes, and this puzzled Bollinger. God damn, Sergeant, Farnhorst choked. God damn. Anyone see anything? Bollinger asked. His square-cut chin was protruding, and his dark brown eyes bore into his friend like deadly weevils. Bob Bollinger did his job without emotion. Nothing yet. No one home in either of the other places. The paper boy found her and called 911 out of his mind. I guess she'd leave the money on the kitchen table, and he'd just walk in to get it if she wasn't home. Farnhorst let Bollinger pass and said quietly, Her name was Marcia Sales. Bollinger could smell the gore the second he walked through the door. When he saw the body, he took a deep breath. Holy shit, he uttered. A tech snapped off a shot and stepped to the side. The girl lay on her back in the middle of the floor, naked. A thick band of duct tape encircled her head, covering her mouth. Her eyes were frozen wide with horror. Blood was everywhere. Bollinger moved closer. Watch it, Sergeant, cried a scowling tech as he darted toward him. Bollinger sidestepped a bloody organ he couldn't identify and crouched down next to the body. There were bruise marks around her neck, and Bollinger found himself involuntarily hoping that was how she died. On the couch were what he presumed had been the girl's clothes. Oddly, they were folded. 
That told him she probably got naked on her own, and that she knew whoever did this pretty well. Carefully, he poked through the clothes. There was no underwear or bra anywhere, and Bollinger wondered if there was a reason, or if it had simply been the girl's style. There was a scuffle in the entryway, accompanied by Farnhorst's bark. Bollinger looked up to see a large man with long, dark hair. He pushed his way into the living room. Bollinger stood up to face him. Before he could speak, the man, who wore faded jeans and cowboy boots, froze in his tracks and let out a maniacal howl that made Bollinger reflexively draw his gun. The man's face was contorted, and he pulled at his own hair. When Farnhorst and his partner got hold of either arm, the man burst into a wild flurry of arms and legs. Farnhorst, who weighed in at about 300 pounds, went flying like a lawn chair. The other cop, too, went sideways into a lamp, and they both crashed to the floor. A maniac's howl turned to a blood-curdling scream, and he shot toward the door. Bollinger was after him with Farnhorst and his partner in tow. The man bolted out the door and down the driveway, screaming all the while. Stop him! Bollinger shouted. Halfway down the drive, two patrolmen brought the man down like a pair of linebackers. But even the shock of his head hitting the pavement did nothing to take the fight out of him. He bucked the patrolman up into the air and spun himself around. As he rose, one of the cops took out his baton and struck the back of his neck. As he went down, the big man yanked a revolver out of the other patrolman's belt. Bollinger was two steps away on a full run when the man jammed the gun into his own mouth. Instinctively, Bollinger dove for the pistol, jamming his fingers between the hammer and the chamber just as the man pulled the trigger. Bollinger cried out in pain.